Welcome to the New England Baseball Journal podcast presented by Firecracker Sports. I'm your host, Dan Guttenplan. Today's guest is a strength trainer and pitching coach for the top high school prospect in New England. We'll be hearing from Logan Carmen, the East Coast Evo Director of Player Performance and Winnicunit High School pitching coach. Carmen has helped Joe Allen become the top high school pitching prospect in New England by putting together a training program that helped the Winnicunit High pitcher boost his maximum velocity from 89 to 95 miles an hour last summer. Allen showcased his new skill set this summer for USA Baseball's national team, and he also pitched at the Area Code Games and East Coast Pro Showcase. I'm looking forward to hearing Logan talk about the program he designed for Joe Allen and also share how other players can boost their velocity during the offseason. Before we welcome Logan to the pod, here's a look at some of the ways you can engage with us at New England Baseball Journal. As we move into the winter months, we're beginning to take a look at the next three recruiting classes by ranking the top prospects, the top uncommitted players, and the top incoming recruiting classes for New England's D1 programs. Visit BaseballJournal.com to check out those pieces. Sign up for our free email newsletter, which goes out twice a week and highlights the latest content on BaseballJournal.com. We recently published the fall edition of New England Baseball Journal, The print publication includes prep previews as well as college features at the D1, D2, and D3 levels. The winter edition is up next, and if you want to receive that publication at your home or office, click on the subscribe tab at baseballjournal.com. That publication will go to press just after the first of the year. Thanks again for listening to the New England Baseball Journal podcast. Here's our interview with Logan Carmen, who will join us in studio. Hey, Logan, welcome to the pod. Thanks, Dan. Appreciate it. Really happy to be here. Yeah, yeah. So we're moving into a a part of the year where a lot of people kind of think of it as a dead uh, period for baseball in New England, uh, November, December, January. Uh, But I know you've been able to help players make some significant gains during this this, uh, next three-month stretch. What are the next three months going to be like for you? Yeah, next three months are actually where it gets pretty exciting for us. Uh, so this is when we're starting to get really busy. Now that the off season's happening, uh, a lot of kids who played fall sports are starting to come back. Uh, so we can really start to get into the meat of their off season strength programs. Um, so it gets really fun where we get to, you know, hopefully a lot were continuing to lift during their fall sports, but even if they weren't, we're, we're starting to kind of build them back up to their their base strength, and then we can start kind of periodizing them to get ready for the the baseball season. Nice, yeah, and I want to start with uh, your work with Joe Allen, who obviously is one of the top high school prospects in all of New England. He had a great summer uh, with the USA National Team, USA Baseball National Team, and then at the Area Code Games, East Coast Pro Showcase, all those big time events. Um, he's a legitimate prospect, pro prospect, heading into the twenty twenty two MLB draft. When did you initially uh, link up with Joe? So we started working with Joe uh, about four years ago uh, when he was in eighth grade. Uh, and he first started coming in, and he was was always a pretty talented baseball player, pretty big kid and stuff like that, but was kind of just getting into puberty at that point and mm-hmm. learning his body and how to move and stuff like that. Um, and uh, he's he's really taken off ever since then. Yeah, and uh, he, he's somebody who committed to University of Michigan pretty early on in the game. Uh, what were your initial impressions of him? What did you think he needed to improve? Uh, so Joe always uh, was... An, an impressive athlete. Um, he, he was able to dominate most sports, um, but not really in a very refined way. Um, he moved well, but he, I don't think he understood everything of his body could do. Um, so 
when he first came in, um, you, you know, you're just throwing med balls and stuff like that. We're doing lighter stuff, obviously, that younger kids do. Um, but he was always he was doing it, it. Things were just louder when he would do them, which was really always impressive. We always had some older kids in and stuff like that. And he was always wanting to compete with them. And I think having that competitive environment really pushed him to try and get better, which is where he's going to continue to go to. I mean, this summer was massive for him to kind of step out of just playing New Hampshire baseball and seeing how he matches up with with everyone in the entire country. Yeah. Now, w- w- initially, what type of program did you put in place for him? Do you do you put together customized programs for each individual, or how did it work? Yeah, so we individualize for each uh, athlete that comes into us. Um, when Joe started off, obviously, he was completely new to strength training. He hadn't done any of it. So uh, it involved quite a detailed, uh, like with all our athletes, a very detailed um, initial eval. Uh, and getting his injury history and everything through there. And Joe's always been a multi-sport athlete, so that also makes my job a little bit easier because a lot of multi-sport athletes kind of have some good body awareness. But for kids that age, it's a lot about teaching that and making sure that they're safe while they're performing every single rep that they can. Um, so introducing some of that, uh, and and really the programs are individualized, but uh, the, the way they're coached are even more individualized because there's going to be certain things that some guys just anatomically are built better at doing certain things so you kind of have to just make sure that it's it fits them right not i could have the perfect strength program the perfect throwing program in the world but if it doesn't fit the athlete it's not really going to work and what uh in terms of uh his training like what what were the initial things that you kind of said all right here are the things that we're gonna you know get to the root of right away yeah so uh joe had uh a few like I said, he was he was a bigger kid right right away, right even when he first came in. So a lot of it for him was just making sure that usually when you have bigger kids come in, they're usually stiffer. Um, mm-hmm. He was actually quite mobile. Um, so working on a lot of uh, shoulder stability, hip stability with him. And then there were a couple areas, you know, if you're taking a look at more like ankles and stuff like that, that were stiffer. So making sure that we were stiffening the right areas, stabilizing the right areas, while also gaining mobility and active control of all his mobility. A lot of times we have athletes that come in and they're mobile like that, like Joe was, and it's making sure that they can control as much of that mobility as they possibly can because we don't want them just, especially when they're throwing at that intent or doing anything at such a high intent, it takes a toll on the body. We want to make sure we can control as much of that as we can. That makes sense, yeah. And what was his velocity like back then, and how has it kind of progressed over his high school? Yeah, so when he first came in, he was probably around uh, mid-70s, which is still really good for, you know, an eighth grader. Oh, yeah. um, but uh, he, he was able to make uh, pretty significant jumps um, by his uh, freshman summer. Uh, you know, we were starting to see some pretty impressive creep-ups in kind of that February, March. He was throwing kind of mid-80s, and we're like, oh, this is pretty something right here. It's pretty special. Yeah. And then that season he was able to go down, uh, I think it was the WWBA, um, down in Florida. I think it was, maybe it was Atlanta. But um, he was able to hit 90 miles an hour a few times down there, late in games as well, which is, I, I think, probably what mostly impressed a lot of the uh, college coaches that he was able to maintain that throughout. Um, and that's where, you know, the whirlwind of pretty much every school in the country wanted to talk to him a little bit. And then yeah. from there it was, you know, he uh, he continued to, once you kind of get to that 90-mile-an-hour area, you know, you're not looking at, you're not making 15-mile-an-hour jumps in a year and stuff right. like that, obviously. Yeah. So uh, he's made slow progress from there, um, and he's just been ultra-consistent. And I think I tell this to a lot of kids because he, he's a good example for a lot of younger kids, too. A lot of people ask about him. 
and Joe really enjoys the the consistency and the hard work of it. I think he really enjoys doing the boring things more than just about anyone else, and that's what's kept him healthy and kept him progressing. That's great. And how did the uh, pandemic affect his training, and how did you kind of keep him, you know, from being becoming an injury risk, you know, with that downtime? Yeah, there were like there were a lot of guys who got uh, injured just in general in that time, just because. Uh, right when that kind of happened, it was everyone was kind of getting ready for the season to start. So in, in with our guys, they were just getting ready to ramp up, and the high school season was about to start. And it became we really didn't know it was you know maybe it was going to be a couple weeks off, maybe it was going to be a month off from actually being able to truly train in a, in a normal environment. Um, so a lot of kids shut down, ramp back up, shut down, ramp back up, and that's just a really tough way to go about it. So. A lot of it was just making sure there was constant communication about what the season looked like, what the training looked like. We had to uh, adjust a lot of his strength programs, obviously, because, you know, there's limited equipment and everything like that. Um, So we were lucky in the fact that um, we were able to let some of our athletes borrow some of the gym equipment so they could go home. And then we could just, like I said, communication, communication was just so incredibly important to make sure that that everyone was was staying ready for the season. uh, Carson Cross and myself uh, uh, provided, I think it was up to maybe 400 kids um, through social media, just like free throwing and strength training programs hmm. so that kids could at least keep on track because we were hoping that by the time, you know, lockdowns were done, we'd be able to get out there and throw. And uh, by the time we were able to, we were able to get outside and get to some fields um, just with a couple of kids at a time and stuff like that and be able to j- at least get some bullpens and get some throwing in. So, uh, and then up in New Hampshire, they were able to to run some uh, some smaller leagues later in that summer, which was great. But um, so Joe was able to to keep relatively consistent, especially with his throwing, and he did a good job with all his conditioning, and uh, and his nutrition really took a very good uptick, which I think for a lot of people during the pandemic did not. But, <laughs> yeah. uh, so that was good. Yeah, it's funny. It seems like the pandemic, like as you said, there were a lot of injuries, a lot of people, you know, starting and stopping, and that didn't help. But then there were a few people who said, you know, took kind of a big picture look and said, "Hey, I need to get stronger, or clean up my diet, or add uh, flexibility, or you know, mobility." And you don't you always get a chance to do that, especially in the spring and summer. Step back and say, "Hey, what are the big picture things I need to do?" So, and it sounds like Joe did it. You said he, so he lost, or Carson may have said this to me, he lost a little bit of bad weight and kind of added some really good, serious muscle mass. Um, how did he do that? Was that, you know, cleaning up the diet or? Yeah. Um, so I think Joe uh, probably was up to probably about 255 pounds uh, at a certain point, And now he sits at a, depends on the, the time of year he plays basketball as well so sometimes he can get down a little bit because they're so active but he he probably sits around 220 225 right now wow. uh and a much better uh body composition with that as well mm-hmm. um and a lot of it did come down to nutrition um he it started out very simply uh when he was a little bit younger probably his sophomore year really trying to to i was always preaching it to him but really try, he was finally bought into it and really asking a lot of questions constantly just about what are some good things I can put in my body? What are some things I should be avoiding? And I tell people all the time that, you know, nutrition is, is not difficult, right? It's, 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 it's simple, but it's not really that easy, right? It's very straightforward, but it's not always done properly. And it's just about consistency. And he's not perfect with everything, but he's, 
he's very consistent with it. Um, and he knows that everything he puts in his body, he wants to be a benefit towards his goals going forward. Um, and that's just a great way of looking at it. It could be, cha- I would imagine it's a challenge for him because uh, this summer he was all over the place. He was down in Florida, he was um, at a USA national, Baseball National Team, all those things. He's traveling so much, and that's when it really gets challenging is when you're on the road. Yeah, yeah, certainly. I mean, nutrition, uh, sleep, uh, you know, they're, they're teenage kids. They're not, they're, you know, they're, they're, they stay up late. That's another thing he does very well. He gets his sleep in very well. He's very good at getting to bed at a good time and waking up at a good time and staying consistent with the routine, right? Not making sure that, like, yeah, it's important to get eight hours, but it's also important to make sure that those eight hours aren't, you know, going to bed at nine and then waking up in the morning at, you know, whatever, five, five o'clock, o'clock yeah. or something like that. And then another time going to bed at midnight and waking up at eight, right? You want to be consistent with that. But as far as this summer, yeah, it was, um, I think he was lucky in a lot of the places that he went, um, you know, they fed him well and stuff like that. They, they could do that. Um, but certainly, I, I was able to go down um, with the local team that he played for, uh, Seacoast Pirates, and uh, into Atlanta. And so that was good to kind of see how the kids are down there and kind of help guide a lot of them. I knew some of them, some of them are athletes already, um, but a lot of them aren't. So giving them some, some guidelines on that was, was really fun uh, and seeing how they were able to, to notice that, like, yeah, if you stay up late until 2 a.m. one day and you we have an earlier game the next day or even a later game, like, oh, I didn't play so well. Like, mm-hmm. hmm, there's probably a reason for that, right? So, mm. um, yeah, a lot of that's managing that, and it was good to kind of see how he did because he was on the road for almost a month um, with all those tournaments. And, uh, you know, but that's kind of if he's wanting to take that next step to professional baseball, you know, there's going to be some harder times where he's going to be on the road for And seeing how he did with that was was really good. That's great, yeah. Now I was talking to Matt Hyde this summer. He's the um, he coached him at the Area Code Games, I think, and he was saying um, I think he started out had a tough inning and then just came back and had two great innings, and was like you know to see that where you know the pitchability and it, I see it all come together and the uh, ability to kind of bounce back when you uh, incur some adverse adversity. Um, when did you start to get a sense, you know, with Joe that like, hey, it's all coming together, like the velocity's always been there, but now, you know, he's kind of got the right approach? Yeah, um, uh, so I've, I've known Joe and his family for a long time, and he's always been a little bit different in the fact that, um, you know, a lot of kids in his situation would realize how really good they are, right? And and they are very successful, especially with that type of a talent pitching in New Hampshire. And really, he has had a lot of success, but he's also dealt with his failures and stuff like that. And just being able to to see him be able to bounce back so quickly from that and just forget that and get back to just competing uh, and not not let that get to him. Uh, I think, again, talking about the fact that he's played multiple sports as well, you know, because he's not as good a basketball player as he is a baseball player. So he deals with failure there, but he's able to bounce back from that. So um, really, I think kind of, I mean, we always knew he's a special talent, but I think being able to see some of it this year, see him, it's good to see kids fail. The New England Baseball Journal podcast will be back after these words. Firecracker Sports serves all first-time and experienced coaches that are looking for quality showcase tournaments to promote their players and teams. We offer the most independently operated baseball and softball events in the Northeast region with qualified staff and college coaches to help you and your players get maximum promotion. 
Besides events, you can get all your baseball and softball needs with our player profiles, hotels, and even facility sales now. With Firecracker Sports, you can save time, effort, and money by getting all of your events, college resources, and customer attention in one place every season. Looking to keep up with all the latest news and information on New England baseball? New England Baseball Journal and BaseballJournal.com are the premier resources for information and inspiration on the New England baseball scene. Have every issue of New England Baseball Journal, the magazine, delivered to your home or office. And don't forget to stay in the game every day with a digital subscription to BaseballJournal.com to receive baseball coverage on clubs, college commits, prep and high school, Division One, Two, II, and Three colleges, showcases, rankings, and much more. Get in the game and behind the scenes now by going to BaseballJournal.com. Just click on the subscribe button and start the subscription that is right for you today. New England Baseball Journal is a Siemens Media publication. Siemens Media. Inspiring. Informative. Insightful. Are there moments like so you're you're obviously monitoring his physical health and performance and you know he's a big time prospect uh, heading into the draft he's going to he's got a scholarship ahead of him at Michigan uh, were there times this summer because on this on these summer circuit events area code games east coast pro like a lot of times you're getting an inning here an inning there there's you know 100 200 uh, scouts behind the plate you're trying to crank up the velocity are there times that you worried uh like, he's not going out there and pitching seven innings like he is at Winnicunit. Like, are there times that you're worried about the health situation and the injury risk? Honestly, not really. Um, he takes such good care of his body, and we do such a good job of communicating and making sure that uh, his volume is, is kept in check. Um, like you said, very different than, he, you know, he's always been a starting pitcher, so now he's basically going out on a, a month-long appearance of relief pitching right luckily more time off you know not having to really throw back-to-back days and stuff like that which was good but um certainly a very different environment and uh no really had no worry on it um you know especially leading into this season um we we monitor so many things with our athletes so many different metrics whether it's using the arm care app to make sure shoulder strength is good that he's not fatiguing and that he's ready to to really perform on certain days making sure the nutrition is good making sure the hydration is good the sleep is good um making sure that like just checking performance metrics to make sure that he's not slowly breaking down over the long season um i haven't really had that that worry of for most of our athletes haven't really had a worry you know there's usually glaring issues if there are and we'll and we'll do our best to fix them and if uh and we're not really going to take chances that if we see those red flags we're not going to just be like well we'll hope it works and then we'll address it when we have time. It's like, no, we'll make time for it. So I no, had, had not much really any worry about it. That's great. Uh, what's your plan for him this winter? Is he shut down right now from pitching for a little while? Or Yeah, so he shut down. Um, he had some invites, obviously, to, to do some stuff after uh, Team USA, um, but made the right decision to shut down, and he will start throwing probably in about a week or two, uh, maybe a little bit before Thanksgiving. Um, he's been tossing the football around a little bit and stuff like that, staying away from baseballs, and we've really been getting after it in the weight room, um, just trying to uh, build up because uh, I, I think that was he he realized how towards the end of it uh, he 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 couldn't ha- he didn't have a consistent weight room to to work out, and he he noticed after a month of that and like trying to just like 
patchwork lifts together uh, that his body didn't feel as good. So he was craving getting back in the gym so badly. Um, he's been extremely consistent with it. Um, he's going to be going into the basketball season, which just started up some of their practices. So that'll be a big thing of managing, making sure, like, you know, we're probably not going to do a lot of sprint work and a lot of agility work because he's going to get that in basketball and stuff. So just managing that is going to be really important. But right now, he's uh, he's just finished up some of his uh, more basic strength stuff to start the offseason. We're going to move into what we refer to an absolute strength phase, which is going to be some some heavier loads with some slower lifting. And then eventually, once we get to the start of the new year, we're going to move into a power phase. We're going to get a little bit more explosive. Um, one of the things we focused on a lot this year um, was uh, it, it continuing to improve like scapular and shoulder stability, but also um, pelvic stability through there, uh, making sure that he can really stack through his entire core and his entire body. Uh, we started using a lot more of uh, kind of like the aqua bag training and stuff like that um, to work in and uh, the what's that strap to work in some rotational power. And it's it's been a lot of fun to use it and the, the kids are enjoying it and it gets them working in different planes that are a little bit, awkward for them but it makes the, the actual sport a lot easier once they actually get to it so that's kind of our focus right now that's great yeah no i think it's great he's playing basketball this winter a lot of times you know guys have the college offer set up the commitment or you know their mlb draft prospects and they become one sport specific you know especially senior year in high school so that's great he's still doing that um now i want to get back to your history and how you kind of got in this i know uh your partners you mentioned carson cross he was a pitcher at university of connecticut he played professionally you guys were high school teammates at exeter high school you graduated in 2009 when did you start to get a sense uh this was something that you wanted to do uh you know as a pursuit for your career um probably part way through college honestly um so I, uh, yeah, I went to Exeter High School, and uh, I didn't really uh, pitch much there. I was, a, I was an outfielder and a hitter, and got recruited as that uh, to a few schools. Decided to go to University of Southern Maine, uh, and I was going to do both, and had a pretty good fall pitching, and they were like, you're going to pitch. <laughs> and it ended up working out pretty well for there, uh, but I went in, obviously, just like probably like a lot of kids just wanting to play professional baseball and being like, yeah, I'm going to go to school and play baseball. And I actually was a math major when I first started out. Um, cause I was just, I was like, I'm good at math. I'll do math. Um, and then after about a year and a half of doing that and realizing, man, what am I going to do with this? Everyone's like, are you going to be a math teacher? I'm like, no, I don't want to be a math teacher. And, uh, so eventually I'm, I've always been a very hands-on learner, very visual learner, and always had a, a, a big passion for strength training and um, started actually going to uh, Eric Cressy uh, when I went to, into college and loved that environment so much. That was probably, God, 10 years ago now. And um, then changed my major to uh, exercise physiology and everything just kind of went off from there and I, I loved every, every little bit of it. Um, and uh, that's really where it took off from there. And I uh, stayed up in, in Maine for a little bit after I graduated. Um, got to be a pitching coach at, at USM after I was done, which was a fantastic experience because that was something I was, I was thinking of doing as well. And I, I loved it. And working with Coach Flaherty was amazing. He's still the best coach I've, I've ever had. Um, and, uh, and then, you know, 2017 or so rolled around and moved back to New Hampshire to take a job as a, as a strength coach and hooked back up with Carson because he had just finished up with the Cardinals. And we started just uh, training a few kids around that kind of just 
randomly reached out and they were just, you know, high school kids that were looking for help. And um, we, again, kind of patchworked things together where, you know, kids would throw with him and then drive 20 minutes and work out with me or flip flop the whole thing there. And um, over the over the last four years, we've been able to finally get ourselves in a place in one place. So it's a lot more convenient for the kids uh, and a lot more convenient for us to work under under one roof. And uh, it's it's been an amazing experience. That's great. Yeah, no, it's a. I feel like you sold yourself a little short on your playing career because uh, you actually got the experience to play on the Cape, which is something you know all New England guys uh, want to do. Obviously, it's a it's the peak the, of summer collegiate baseball. What do you remember about that experience? What memories do you have? Yeah, so that was a lot of fun. Um, uh, basically, uh, that was after my junior year. Um, which was my best year. Uh, we went to the, the College World Series that year, unfortunately lost in the national championship, but it was a good year. Um, and then, uh, yeah, got, um, I was uh, playing up in um, uh, upstate New York in the Perfect Game League and then got uh, asked uh, to play down in the, in the Cape for Hyannis mm. um, just based off of how my season went there. Um, I think I had a little bit of an in because one of our coaches was also uh, the pitching coach at, uh, at Wheaton College, so another D3 guy. Because yeah. there aren't a lot of D3 guys that get to go play in the Cape, which was a lot of fun. Uh, we had a couple others that were, um, but pretty amazing just uh, seeing some of the talent down there. It's just like a complete another level. Oh, yeah. um, even just watching guys practice and, and hit BP was, was amazing. And then um, we had a very good team that year, um, probably – one of the best pitching staffs, I would say, in, the, in that league and in a good hitting team as well. Um, so that, w- that was an absolute blast. And, and the fans down there are, are so into that entire league that it's, that it's amazing. Yeah. I, you just made me think of, I saw the other day um, Tom House, who's like a, do you know? Yeah, oh, yeah. he's like a throwing guru. He was saying if you ever talk to a college baseball player or like ask them about their experiences playing dodgeball in middle school or like going to a fast pitch machine or something, because They'll blow you away with the stories. Do you remember any of that, anything like that, where you just your arm just stood out like in a situation outside of baseball? Um, yeah. I mean, if you talk about like dodgeball and stuff like that, that was always a lot of fun. We always used to uh, – so Exeter High School, I think they still do it, probably runs like a, a dodgeball tournament for, for all the kids and stuff like that. And uh, being able to like – it was so it's so funny just being able watching kids they, they'll just back up on it and stuff like that and they're just not going to deal with all of that uh so that was pretty fun having uh Carson and I would play on the same team which was pretty entertaining um but yeah those uh definitely had some situations like that which is always always great yeah mowing down some poor kids in Exeter um, oh yeah in terms of, I was reading about uh, when you started Evo, you said uh, one of the goals was to kind of streamline the training for people either through Seacoast United or like any of the other programs that they're with. So it wasn't like they were hearing one thing from you and one thing from high school or travel coaches. Um, how, how have you been able to do that? Yeah, so we have a very good relationship uh, with a few tra- travel ball organizations because um, we are not in that. Um, so we're very independent towards that. We just, we just want to have our athletes and we want to help them and make them better. Um, but on, along the same lines, we also want to be able to help uh, the coaches for these organizations as well. And we want to be able to have a relatively seamless philosophy between what we're saying and what their coaches are saying. Um, Cause we realize that they're going to come train with us, but then we have to hand them back off to 
their high school coaches, their travel ball coaches, and we want to do the best thing we can that they're not hearing something from us and then hearing something from them. We want to educate these kids as best we can. It's not just about telling them what they should be doing every single day and because then they don't learn anything because then we hand them back off and they go back to the field and they don't know how to properly warm up. They don't know how to get their body ready for the game. They don't know how to properly recover after the game. Um, they don't know how to do their nutrition, their, their sleep, their recovery. Um, so it's all about educating the kids and educating the uh, coaches to make sure that everyone is working towards the same goal, which is keeping these kids healthy and hopefully making them perform in their best capabilities. Right. Yeah. Now I wanted to ask, um, you mentioned Joe, uh, Joe Allen had shut it down. I was listening to a podcast. Uh, you mentioned Eric Cressy. He was, he did a podcast a few months ago on like, you know, how to measure way, whether to shut someone down or continue through it with a throwing program through the fall. What's your philosophy on that? It's very individualized. Uh, I don't think there is a correct answer, uh, whether it's a, it's not everyone shuts down or everyone doesn't shut down. Um, I think it is completely up to uh, the athlete and the coach that is working with them. And they have to just monitor how kind of just do an intake of how they feel after the end of the season. You know, you're going to have some guys who have thrown, I mean, even high school level, you know, one of the first questions I ask on an initial eval and a consult is how many innings did you throw this year? And, I've had high schoolers, like younger high schoolers, tell me they throw 100 innings in a year. Wow. And then I've had other ones tell me they throw 15, mm-hmm. right? And uh, there's a giant difference, obviously, not only in total innings, but pitches and intensity of those pitches and re- whether they're in more pressure situations and stuff. So there is no right or wrong answer for it. Um, I would lean towards most guys, probably need a little bit of a shutdown period, um, you know, uh, but... It's, it's not a be-all, end-all on it. Um, I think it's okay to have... That's why I think playing multiple sports is so great because it almost forces a short shutdown period, but it keeps them still moving. That's why Joe... Like, Joe shut down for a couple of weeks, but he's been throwing a football. So just getting different implementations in there, making sure, you know, there's there's a lot of research out there on guys that just throw five-ounce baseballs. You know, not that I'm preaching weighted balls or anything like that and stuff. It, you know, works for some guys, doesn't work for others, but... Um, finding speed barriers where like they've always thrown five ounce baseballs at this intent. And even when they get stronger, somehow they just don't throw the baseball faster. It's like, well, they hit these full blown full body speed barriers. So sometimes taking time off and throwing a different implementation or moving at a different speed faster or slower can kind of get the body ready to really build up for a season. Yeah, that makes sense. And now it's an exciting time uh, for Evo and for you and Carson. Obviously, you're opening a new facility in Woburn um, in the next couple of weeks. What uh, What is the plan there, and what should players expect? Yeah, so um, we're pretty much going to run a very similar format to what we do uh, up in Exeter. Um, uh, we Up in Exeter, we have, obviously, high school age programs as well as our JV program, which is a little bit younger, and then we have a youth program as well. Uh, and then we have our college and our pro guys. Um, so I would say in Exeter, a lot of it bases around uh, that high school age and younger. Um, when we're going to be in Woburn, um, our space down there is going to be a, a gym that we just uh, installed everything in. Uh, and then also a shared turf area down there. Uh, so there will be uh, 
quite a lot of time and space for college and pro guys to be down there working in the entire facility, as well as having uh, probably a smaller uh, high school program down there as well that hopefully will grow as well. And uh, Carson and I will be down there a couple times a week, and we've we've hired a guy that will be full-time managed down there, Gary Trottier. Um, he, uh, he is a pitching coach at uh, LaSalle. Uh, he also was a pitching coach for the Mystics in uh, the NECBL. Uh, he also he pitched at LaSalle, and he is a uh, he's a strength coach as well. So he's going to be heading up stuff down there, and we'll be helping him to start out, and we'll get that whole thing rolling. But we're we're really excited about it. Um, and uh, yeah, like you said, uh, only a week or two away, and we've been patiently waiting for that whole thing to start. But we're really excited about it. That's great. And uh, just to um plug this too you're also speaking at the world baseball coaches convention in january which is at mohegan sun i think yeah so uh this will provide a little taste to coaches on what they can expect to hear from you then yeah so uh so early uh january uh we'll be down there and we'll be doing actually um so we won't be on stage we'll actually be doing like some live presentations we'll be going over um our assessment process uh and showing everyone how we do that so uh you know whether it's high school, co- uh, college coaches and stuff like that, if they want to take, uh, we'll provide our eval as well uh, and just kind of explain what we're looking for, why we're looking for it, and the ultimate goal of, like we said before, keeping everyone healthy and performing as best they possibly can. And then the second day, we'll be uh, actually going through kind of how we coach a lot of these kids and the training environment that we do. And we preach a lot of uh, data-driven uh, stuff and as well as just a very competitive environment like yesterday we had a really fun day and just it was a retest day and we, we tested a lot of metrics again that we test is all our baseline stuff and kids get to compete and see kind of where they fall along the lines of everyone we have leaderboards and everything and so it's a lot of fun that's awesome well logan thank you so much for taking the time it's been great catching up and yeah talking about joe allen and some of the other uh strength training philosophies and pitching philosophies that you have so thank you for taking the time to come in studio Thank you, Dan. Really appreciate it. It was great. Thanks to Logan Carmen for coming on the pod. It's interesting to hear the strides he's made with Winniconnet High pitcher Joe Allen, who has become the top high school pitching prospect in New England. It seems like so many high school and prep players are chasing velo, and it was great to hear from a coach who was able to help a top prospect achieve that goal of throwing 95 miles an hour. Before we close out the pod, a few programming notes. Rate, review, subscribe to the New England Baseball Journal podcast on your preferred platform. Be sure to subscribe so you can get an alert each time a podcast goes live. To keep up with all things New England baseball, visit BaseballJournal.com. We update the site with new stories daily. Click the subscribe tab to get the winter edition mailed to your home or office. Follow us on Twitter at NE underscore baseball. We also want to hear from you. If you have recommendations for guests or questions that you'd like me to ask, send a DM on Twitter or email dguttonplan at baseballjournal.com. Thanks again for listening. The New England Baseball Journal podcast is a Siemens Media podcast. (laughs) 